Hello and welcome back everybody. Episode 8 of Vinny's Tour Talk. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Vinny's Tour Cast. We had another special guest this week, another good friend of mine, Aaron English. Aaron is a greenskeeper at the newest golf club in San Marcos known as Kissing Tree. And he's going to tell us a little bit about his experience, uh, first job in the golf industry. And then we're going to move from California to Florida this week. I'm going to give you a preview of the Honda Classic. And uh, let's get going. Vinny's Tour Talk, episode 8. Second week in a row, I've used a intro slash outro off of that mixtape. That one called the Grow Up. Uh, Mac Miller and friends would come out with one every April twentieth. Um, interesting fact of the day. But I'm gonna start out today's show by playing the recorded conversation that I have between Aaron English and I. Aaron, being a, cre- a greenskeeper at the newest club in San Marcos, Texas, called Kissing Tree. And again, Aaron just started the job uh, about three months ago, but like I mentioned last week, I'm going to add some spice to each show. We had Jordan Sanders on uh, talking about putting with the flagstick in or out with the new rules changes. This week, we're going to have Aaron English talking about working uh, the maintenance side of a golf course. And next week, I'm going to try to get someone in and talk about uh, the new technology that these golf companies are coming out with and uh, how it's changed the game. But as of right now, let's go ahead and play that recorded conversation that I had with Mr. Aaron English and enjoy. Now with me on the show is good friend of mine, Aaron English, greenskeeper at Kissing Tree Golf Club in San Marcos, Texas. Aaron, how you doing? Hey, what's going on, Vinny? Appreciate you having me on the show. Hey, thanks for your time, sir. Um, Aaron, so talk to us a little bit. Uh, now that you've been on the crew for a few months there at uh, C- Kissing Tree, uh, tell us what it's like. Just tell us what you've experienced uh, as a greenskeeper. All right, well, first and foremost, as a greenskeeper, I'm sure this this is anywhere as a greenskeeper, I've experienced a lot of early mornings. We usually show up at 5.30, but now that it's considered wintertime and in Texas we're starting to show up around 6.30 just to avoid... Uh, some frost delays mm-hmm. but with time i've been able to get used to the early mornings and have actually grown to enjoy the enjoy the process being on the uh being on the course at sunrise is something i've never really experienced and it's it's truly a, a pretty good way to start the morning i've had a lot of friends of mine who have worked um as a as a maintenance crew member at golf courses say the same thing it's real real nice to kind of just you know start your morning and start your days out there on the golf course Aaron, what's Aaron? What's a typical day for you on the job? Well, as a greenskeeper, I've learned a lot about the maintenance side of course operations, and a lot more goes into it than I would have thought when I first started. Over the course of, uh, I think like the last three months I've been working here, I've learned how to mow tee boxes, fairways, greens, fly mow bunker edges do some course setup, like cutting or replacing cups, repairing ball marks on greens. And Kissing Tree is still a super young course, so I've also done a little bit of irrigation work around greens because we have experienced 
a few flooding issues. Mm-hmm. And it's been a great learning experience, and it's just awesome to see a totally different side of the game. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I work as a teacher in the golf industry. You have your assistant golf professionals that work in the pro shop. Uh, you have your sales reps, you know, for golf companies. There's just all sorts of jobs in the golf industry. And, you know, the maintenance side of it, being able to keep up with the golf course or take care of uh, the golf courses is, is a unique side and a side we don't really hear about. So, again, Aaron Inglis with me, uh, greenskeeper at Kissing Tree in San Marcos, Texas. Uh, Aaron, one question that one of our listeners asked, what's the most annoying thing golfers do that you have to deal with? Like not raking, not raking bunkers, not picking up tees off the tee box, you know, small things like that, or even, even some things that are, that, you know, can be a big deal. Well, one of the big things that I am not a fan of is, uh, just the player messing up the lips on the cups or anything on the golf course intentionally out of anger maybe you made a quad on the falling hole and <laughs> slammed your wedge into the green so just anything out of anger is just it's not necessary and it's it's kind of just degrading the game right and have you have you ever experienced you know i know working as an assistant pro at twin creeks in cedar park texas um, we had a couple cases where um, not even players but you know maybe people who live near the golf course damage the facility like we had you know kids who would come around and and steal the flag sticks or or maybe you know take chunks out of the greens with, with without even knowing isn't kissing tree uh is it re- a retired community am i correct it is so we haven't or at least i haven't seen any experiences where we've we've seen any vandalism like that just because it is a 55 and up community so right it, and there's security and stuff so no instances have happened of that so far. Right. Well, well, that's good. Good to hear. Um, again, Aaron English, greenskeeper, kissing tree in San Marcos, Texas. Aaron, last question. How's the golf game been? Hey, I've been trying to play as much as I can. Uh, initially, that's that's why I wanted to work on the golf courses to be able to get better at golf. Mm-hmm. Being able to play and practice for free is just a is a great perk of the job, and that was initially my reasoning behind getting this job and I mean over the past six months I've gone through probably I'd say the worst golf bug slump that oh, I've no. gone through in my entire life and oh no I've been practicing I've been practicing about two to three times a week playing about once a week and things are getting better I, I'm not saying I'm perfect. <laughs> I might still need a little bit of a. You need to you need to come see us at Golf Dynamics. Yes, yes, that's where I was going. I need, a, <laughs> I need a little playing lesson. <laughs> there you go, Aaron. Well, hey, Aaron. Thank you very much for your time, sir. Um, again, Aaron English, greenskeeper, kissing tree in San Marcos, Texas. Aaron, I hope to see you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Benny. Okay. Thank you. All right, a little fun there with my boy Aaron English. And folks, if you're a member at a golf club or you play your local golf course for fun, uh, make sure to thank your greenskeepers, guys. They're the ones that get there early every day um, from mowing the greens, the tee boxes, raking every bunker uh, before you arrive in the morning. Shoot, they even fill up every water station uh, that's on the golf course. Small stuff like that that you don't notice. Uh, so make sure to thank your local greenskeeper. Uh, via Vinny Smooth. Let's move to the tour talk now. 
It was Dustin Johnson last week in Mexico winning the WGC Mexico Championship, shot a 21 under par, uh, beating Roy McIlroy by five shots. It is Dustin's 20th uh, career win on tour and is now just barely behind Justin Rose to regain number one overall in the world. This week, we're starting the Florida Swing. Four straight events in Florida as players start to prepare for the Masters. Uh, We have the Honda Classic, which is this week. Uh, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, the Players' Championship, and the Valspar all in a row. So let's get going and talk about that Honda Classic now and give you some good fantasy picks. Honda Classic played at PGA National in Palm Beach, Florida. Par 70 course that plays roughly over 7,100 yards. Rain is expected Tuesday and Wednesday, so expect a pretty wet course Uh, when players begin play on Thursday. The course is a Fazio design originally uh, that was redone by Nicholas in the early 90s and is known as a ball strikers course with the famous three-hole stretch called the bear trap. Scores here historically are fairly low in the 600 to 1300 range over the past decade and cut typically over par here. For a par 70 course, uh, it is fairly long with five of the par fours around that 500 yard range, but the two par fives here are very easy relative to the rest of the course, usually the two easiest holes on the course statistically. Par four performance will be important given this is a par 70, so we will be looking at that stat for sure. Uh, Par 70, so again, most of the holes on this course will be par fours, Uh, only two par fives. So that means two more par fours than we're used to seeing in each tournament. Also, fairways here are very narrow, with most golfers having to club down from driver uh, to make sure they can stay in the fairway. Once past the 275-yard range off the tee box, uh, fairways get very, very small, uh, around 25 yards across, and which is why it's important that tee shots most years here are among the shortest on tour. So. Driving accuracy and strokes gained off the tee will be looked at as well. Past winners here, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, and Adam Scott in the last three years. Okay, and let's go ahead and run through the stat leaders and the stats that were just mentioned. Par 4 performance, which is the total strokes under par on all par 4s played. Third on that list, and technically first on the list of players playing this week, is Gary Woodland. Uh, He actually finished tied second here in 2017. Uh, Pretty expensive this week in DraftKings at 9,800, but he leads that that statistic at 29 under par on par fours for the year, or for the season. Just below him, Lucas Glover, uh, who is 8,800 on DraftKings this week. Pretty expensive for what he usually is, but he is tied for fifth and the par 4 performance sat at 27 under. And below him, Cameron Smith, Justin Thomas, last year's winner at the Honda Classic. Then you got uh, Jason Kokrak, Ricky Fowler, Webb Simpson, Ryan Palmer, and Harold Varner III to round out the par 4 performance stat. Okay, now we're going to look at strokes gained off the tee. Who performs the best off the tee? You look at that stat, Luke List, 
third in that category. He actually finished second here last year, went into, went into a playoff with Justin Thomas. Um, so obviously he is a lot more expensive on the DraftKings salary than usual, 9200 and he really hasn't performed well this season. Uh, but I think they're just giving him the credit because he did finish second here last year, Luke List, um, on the top of the strokes gained off the tee statistic. Right below him, of course, Gary Woodland. Then you have Keith Mitchell, who tends to find his way in a lot of these stat conversations, but it's only five for nine on cuts made this season, and including missing three out of his last four. Uh, Keith Mitchell, only 6700 on the DraftKings salary. Um, again, fits a lot of stats that we talk about, but hasn't quite performed. Below him, Brendan Steele, Johnny Vegas, and Kevin Streelman. Okay, now... I talked about uh, accuracy off the tee box, and instead of just looking at the driving accuracy stat, uh, went a little more in depth and went into the fairway hit percentage stat. And at the top of that list, imagine that, Jim Furyk at 80%. And believe it or not, you look at a lot of these stats um, just throughout uh, PGATour.com when you scroll through that those stat columns, and he, he actually is at the top of a lot of those statistics that you wouldn't think including first and par four average, which is different than the par four performance we just went over. And the reason why he's at the top of the par four average and not the par four performance is because he really hasn't played in that many tournaments. So Gary Woodland, who is 29 under on par fours this year, um, just obviously is a few steps ahead of Furyk in that statistic because he simply played more tournaments. Uh, but Furyk has gotten it done on the par fours when played this season. We'll just see how uh, the difficulty uh, PGA National plays out for him. Below Jim Furyk, Graham McDowell, 75% of fairways hit. He's 7,600 in DraftKings this week. Might not be a bad play. You got Brian Gay below uh, Graham McDowell, who finished, uh, had a good finish in Pebble Beach not too long ago, just two weeks ago, 7,100 this week. You've seen his name uh, at the top of some some accuracy statistics, and uh, he manages to make cuts. Brian Gay, then below him, Andrew Landry, and below Landry, Kevin Streelman, who we just mentioned in the previous stat. Uh, the 40-year-old is just 5 for 10 on cuts made this year, but finished 7th at Pebble Beach two weeks ago and is usually a solid play in weaker fields like this one in the Honda Classic. And I wouldn't say it's necessarily a weak field, but you definitely don't have your stars. You see a lot of what I would call grade B players. Okay, a lot of a lot of above average players, but just not a whole lot of stars. And I think that's also the reason why players like Luke List are listed at 9,200 in DraftKings this week. Um, so again, Kevin Streelman will be on my team. I think he can make the cut and maybe make a little run inside the top 10. And not in the stats, but one to mention, C.T. Pan. He's made 21 of his last 23 cuts quietly, and he does his best work on shorter uh, shorter courses statistically, according to my guys at Fantasy Golf Insiders. And he finished here uh, T17 last year. So C.T. Pan, not mentioned in the statistics that we just went through, but will be in my DraftKings lineup. And without further ado, let's go ahead and reveal that DraftKings lineup for this week. And I got to start off by saying my brother, Gavin Small, who has been 
taking my lineups uh, every week, and we got off to a hot start there at the beginning of the season. Uh, but last few weeks have been pretty up and down. And his quote, quote of the week after we finished outside the money on Sunday was, dude, we're taking... <laughs> We're taking effing Dustin Johnson or Justin Thomas every time. Every time. And I said, you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because it seems like each time one of those guys tees it up, they have about a 50-50 chance of winning the tournament. And if you have the guy that wins the tournament, uh, you're going to finish inside the money. So with that being said, I went ahead and took a Justin Thomas this week. By far the most expensive and right below him, I went with Gary Woodland. Again, he's played here good in the past and just statistically uh, still very strong in about every category we looked at. And then I went ahead and I, I took C.T. Pan, as I talked about, uh, has made 21 of his last 23 cuts, does well on short courses, and got T17 here last year. And because the, short, the, because the course is short and calls for accuracy, these last three guys, I, I strictly picked for that. Uh, Kyle Stanley, who I know last year was the most accurate iron player um, last year and the year before, I think finished inside the top five in iron accuracy. So overall, uh, accurate golfer Kyle Stanley. And then I took a Kevin Streelman, as we talked about before. And as my dark horse, I wanted to take Jim Furyk. I had him in the lineup, but he was $200 too expensive uh, for me to pick Justin Thomas, so I had to go a step below in the veterans and pick Stuart Sink. Uh, Stu, you actually see him from time to time, even over just the last couple years, uh, finish, have some pretty good finishes. And since this tournament doesn't have all those top dog big names in it, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes the cut and see him finish inside that top 25 or so. So the DraftKings lineup for the week, Justin Thomas, Gary Woodland, Kyle Stanley, C.T. Pan, Kevin Streelman, and Stuart Sink. Okay, with that being said, we're going to end it with the playing tip of the week brought to you by Academy of Golf Dynamics. And we are in full swing, folks, now uh, teaching six days a week, Tuesday through Sunday. Um, it's all good stuff, all good stuff. We have a great group of 13 this week. Uh, follow us at Academy of Golf Dynamics where we specialize in three-day schools Academy Golf Dynamics on Facebook and at Academy Golf Dynamics on Instagram. Tip of the week, sand play. I'm going to give you three little tips that's going to help you hit a more consistent uh, clean sand shot when you're in that greenside bunker and you have a good lie. Three tips. You're going to play your ball position forward off of your front foot you're going to put about 70% of your weight on your front side. So if you're right-handed, I add a bunch of knee flex on my left knee, my front knee, about 70%, making sure I start it there and keep it there. Okay, so those are two setup keys, ball forward, weight forward, and maintain forward. And as a motion thought, a swing thought, my only job is to throw sand onto the green. I'm just going to imagine myself... Uh, Swinging the club and allowing the club to hit the sand and just picture sand being thrown onto the green. If you can set up with your club face open, ball position forward, weight starts forward, stays forward throughout the whole swing. And if you can throw sand from there, there's no reason why that ball shouldn't get out or at least have a good 
a good reasoning on getting out. <laughs> it's hard to explain over, over microphone, folks. Come see us at Academy of Golf Dynamics, www.golfdynamics.com. And uh, that is your tip of the week. All right, folks, thank you for listening to episode eight. Um, make sure to listen to us and subscribe on iTunes. Again, follow us on Instagram at Vinny's Tour Cast. And for golf tips and all that good stuff, at Academy Golf Dynamics. We're in full swing, folks. Thank you for listening. Have a good week.